titled Effective Prayer Life of a Fervent Christian. Effective Prayer Life of a Fervent Christian. So basically, before I start the topic, uh, I'm going to take the topic bay in different uh, sub uh, headings. So we're going to look at what is prayer. We're going to look at the basis of prayer. As a believer, where do you ought to stand for you to have an effective life? For you to have what? An effective prayer life. Basically, we know that prayer is communication between man and God. There are different ways by which you can communicate with God. You can communicate with God by worship, by praise, by studying the Word of God. You can also communicate with God by prayer. Prayer is a, is a, is a dialogue way of what? Communication. You speak and God what? Responds to man. So that is what prayer. But by the Oswald Dictionary, it defines prayer as what? As a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God Almighty. So basically, I know awful times in church and in other places of fellowship, uh, prayer has been primarily regarded as a communication to God when you need help or when you're in distress. No. Prayer is more than that. Prayer can be a main communication. Just the way you have your biological father, and you say, good morning, daddy. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Okay, I'm heading out. Prayer is also in that regard. It's not only when uh, we want to ask something from God, that's when we want, that's where you have to communicate with God. It's not only when you're in distress. It's not only when you want to worship God. That's when you uh, pray. Prayer is meant to be a kind of a boss and a worker relationship where you have to present your daily progress. For instance, you work in a company and the company is structured in a manner that you have to present daily progress of your life or of your of the business transaction to your boss. That's a prayer for a believer is meant to be. You have to what? Always communicate with God. It's not when you're in distress. You have to what? give God, oh, this is my daily progress. I'm moving in this direction. This is what I'm doing. And God gives you what? A feedback. And the feedback can come directly in terms of you hearing an audible voice. It's, the feedback can come in terms of you hearing a still voice in your heart. And the feedback can come in terms of you getting a word of knowledge. Or a scripture comes to your heart and you go read that scripture. That is how God can bring feedbacks to you in prayer. But some persons... They've grown spiritually, and God has given them grace for them to exercise this feed, how to get feedback from God in all different aspects. Some persons they have one, while some persons they have more than one uh, ability. They have the grace to exercise the ability to hear a still voice, to hear an audible voice, to see visions, and to get scriptures, word of knowledge of scriptures from God. So then we'll move. What are the basics of prayer? Before you start praying, what do you have to know? One, two things that you need to know about prayer that will make you have an effective prayer is one, prayer has two ingredients, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. You have to work together in prayer. You can't be in communication with God without the Word and the Spirit. If you go by one, it's not complete. You must go by the two, by the Word and by the Spirit. 
And further, the other thing you need to know that your prayer is being directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you direction and he empowers what it. So then we'll move toward the life of a fervent uh, a, a Christian, the life of a fervent Christian. Then we'll look at the, the life of Elijah. Elijah prayed in James, count on our Bible to the book of James 5 verse 17. There's something I'm trying to bring out in James 5 17. If you are there, you can kindly read James 5 17. Okay. James 5.17, Elias was a man subject to like passion as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of TV years and six months. And he, verse 18 said, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth our fruits. When you look at James verse 5 and 17, there's something there that is of critical importance to every believer. Oftentimes, you hear this saying that this man is a powerful man of God. I have a prayer request, let me run to him. This woman is a powerful woman of God. I have a prayer request, let me run. Yeah, it's good to associate or come under the authority of someone that has a higher spiritual uh, ranking than you or a higher grace than you but one thing you need to understand you are of what like passion as that same man the same authority that that man commands in the spirit you might not have gotten to that same level but god is in isn't in his infinite mercy after the death of christ at the cross of Calvary, has made that available to all men that's why if you look at james 5 verse 17 the first if you look at the first uh few uh settings they said that what Elijah is a man as like passion. That means there's nothing different from, from you in comparison with what Elijah. Which means that what the creation in Genesis 1 verse 27 is also the creation of Elijah. What I mean that God created Elijah in his image and in his likeness. God has also created you what in his image and his likeness. So before God, both of you are what are equal. And the same substance that God has deposited in Elijah, that same substance has been deposited in you through what? Salvation. That's why the Bible said that what we sit at what? With Christ at the right hand of what? Of God. God has what? Elevated. Or that means the capability for you to send prayers up. For instance, you are offering a request. That same capability once you receive the uh, salvation, that same capability is given unto you. So if you turn your Bible to the book of who uh, won't be able to read all through uh, John, the book of John 1 verse 14, I would I want to break out something there. This one other thing that is uh, that, that is in the life of what a fervent Christian. Uh, the book of John 1 14, can someone read? Okay, John 1 14. Um, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the One and Only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay. Praise the Lord. Praise Him. So, if you look at John 1.14, that differentiates the Old Testament and the New Testament. 
The Old Testament was centered on the truth. And the New Testament, when Christ came, the New Testament was centered on what? On grace and truth, which is the word of God and the Holy Spirit. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, you are what? When you receive salvation, you are being empowered to be what? Full of grace. And when you study the word of God, you come to what? The knowledge of the truth. Remember, recall initially we talked about what? The basics of, the, of prayer is in two components, which is what? The word and the Holy Spirit. And what? The prayer, when you start to offer prayer, is being directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. So if you look at John 1 verse 14, we receive grace and we receive what? The truth. So how then do you develop a fervent life in praying? We receive salvation, the grace comes. The strength to wait comes. The spirit of holiness comes in you. The spirit of righteousness comes in you. You begin to what? To work it out. You begin to work it out. It's just like an exercise. You go to the gym. You begin to work it out. You begin to work it out. And what helps you to work it out? What gives you the roadmap? What gives you uh, how to go is the what? The truth. The truth is what? The word of God. The incorruptible seed of what? Of God, which can never fail. That's what that's what, what brings you us to what to a life of what having what a an effective prayer life. When we get to this level, we don't stop there. We have to what go to what to the next level. So many persons have received Christ as a personal Lord and Savior. They go to a good church where the uh, the pastor appropriately what divide the word of truth. Give good exegesis of the Bible and good scriptures and give good spiritual pathways for growth. But yet, the Christians in that same church still have weak prayer life. Why? Because one thing is, when the devil says that you are, the devil has different tactics to strike. He has different tactics to strike. When the devil says that you are growing in grace and you are growing in the truth, it brings fear. There are so many persons that know the scripture. For instance, someone is sick. They know the scripture they will read in the Bible. And they are full of faith. They are, they, they, they are full of hope. They are full that what Christ is going to what? He this person with the moment they pray. But the devil attacks them with fear. That, ah, go away. This prayer, God will not answer it. This person is already sick. He's at the point of death. It won't work. It depends. If you pray, it's not going to work. Then they look at ah, I'm not like that, the Jew. I'm not like Brad Joseph. I'm not like Elijah in the Bible. I'm not like Brachidi. You get. So why is it that if I pray, now nah, this person would what? Will recover. But the Bible makes us to understand in Proverbs 15, verse 8 and 9. Can we turn to the books of Proverbs 8, uh, 8 and 9 and look at there? It talks about what? God delights. To hear us. It talks about the love that God derives when we come to Him. Let's turn to the book of what? Proverbs 15, verse 8 to 9. Okay, I'm, I'm there. I can read. Okay, read. The Lord detests the sacrifices of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright pleases Him. The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but He loves those who pursue righteousness. Okay, praise the Lord. Praise him. So when you look at Proverbs 15, 
verse 8. So we know we are moving from step to step and all that. We've established the basics to prayer. We've established the life of a believer that, one, you are created what? In the image and the likeness of God. And secondly, those other prophets, the, uh, the apostles that Christ used, we are the same. God didn't create them differently. God didn't create them with two words. It's the same way he created them at the beginning, that same way. Now, salvation has come, which is what? Grace and truth. What is the next level? That what help us what? Conquer fear in the place of prayer. One thing is that God delights in hearing us. God delights in what? Us communicating with him. God delights when we keep up with what? The life of righteousness. That's the life of what? The grace and the truth. It's just like a simple scenario in, in, in the morning. If you don't greet your father every morning by our culture and tradition, he's going to be angry with you. You know, at times, when you get into trouble in the morning, you want to try and scare away from your father. You are dodging him. You don't want to greet him. It's fear. It's not because what he wants to spank you. Probably has spanked you yesterday night. But that same fear is still in you. I hope if I go and greet him, he's not going to remember that, oh, I did this last night and all that. So the devil tries as much as possible to use what fear to bring us down. He tries as much as possible to use it fear to, to cage that if you pray, will it happen? I was I was faced with a situation yesterday. Fear came in, and the person that was sitting close to me was afraid. What happened? I was driving. I picked someone. I was driving. And when we were driving through, had I thought it was an accident. I didn't know that there were, there were five police checkpoints there. They were doing ID card search. So as they were doing ID card search, I had ID. But the person next to me didn't have an ID. You get. And the person was already afraid. Was already shaking. And fear wanted to like grip me the only thing I, I i just said was i covered this car with the blood of jesus that was the only thing i said i drove five past five police all that all, all cars that was in front of me they asked them for their id i didn't know what happened they asked them from their id they checked they checked the plate number the cars that were in front of me they did that when i got there after i said i covered this car with the precious blood of the lamp i passed through the first second third fourth fifth police officer then they asked me for my id they just only waved at me and I went through. So you can picture that scenario. So one thing we should know is that what? No matter at the face of defense, fear might come, but have that confidence in you that what? That, that God delights to hear you. God finds joy when he sees that what? A righteous man what? Approaches him. So that will all help you what? Conquer what? The fear. Then, what is the next step you need to go? Now, as a, as a believer, as a Christian, you now know that what? God delights to hear you. It's just like uh, when, you get a, when you bring a good result home, your mom is happy with you. So you now understand that God delights to, to hear you because that good result that you bring is the grace and the truth because God sees your daily growth. God sees how you progress. So when you, he sees that you're, you're increasing from grace to grace, from glory to glory and in truth, then the next level that what he wants to hear you. He wants to hear what is in your heart. The Bible says that what out of the abundance of their heart, the mouth what speak it. And what is the abundance of the heart? It's the word, it's the truth of God that has been buried in. It just in Proverbs, they said that what, when you find the word, keep it diligently. So when you, when you approach God, then you know that what God delights. You begin to pour out what, the word. The next thing is what? God is willing to give. 
God is willing to what? To answer. In building a fervent prayer life, God is willing to what? To answer. Then let's go to the book of what? Matthew 7, verse 7 to 8. Matthew 7, verse 7 to 8. If anybody is there, can you kindly read? Matthew 7, verse 7 to 8. Sorry, I can't read because this young man is here. Somebody else. Okay. Let me oh, use my Bible on my phone. Matthew 7, verse 7 to 8. Ask, it shall be given you. Dig, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that asketh findeth, to him that knocketh, it shall be what? Opened. So what the Bible here explains is that what? God is willing to give to you. God is willing to give to you. Then why is it that when we face some difficult challenges, we find it difficult to ask? God has not mentioned about what challenges here. God has not, God does not care to know what the challenge is. And God does not care to know whether you're in distress or financial situation. Oh, you have zero dollars and all that. You get. So, but God is what? Is willing to what? To answer. I want to share a, a testimony in this. So I had some financial distress. When I had some financial distress, I said to myself, ah, it's not at this age. I just completed 30. I'll go back to my auntie and tell her, ah, see, oh, I have this, this, this. You guys should, should help me through. I needed to complete some money. But I told God, I said, God, please, if there be any way that this thing will come to be, make it what possible. Within the space of three weeks, I was able to gather what more than enough. Than what than what I even needed. Than there's something I was trying to execute. I was able to gather what more than enough. God does what mysteriously what open what the resources. So in order for us to build our prayer life, one thing we need to understand to have an effective prayer that what God ears is always open. He wants to give out. He wants to give us his love. If God can give us his only begotten son for our salvation, what is what the prayer needs? What is your prayer need? What is it for you to build your what? Your what? Your spiritual what? Life. Because it, it benefits man more to build your your spiritual life. Because one thing it, it, it helps you is that God in the last time army is looking for those that are prepared. And one way by which he knows that you are prepared is when he sees that what your prayer life is growing geometrically, is increasing. He knows that this person is what is prepared and he can what he can entrust things in your hands. So Matthew seven verse seven to eight helps us to understand that God is willing to give. God is willing to answer our prayer when we ask. We should what we should have what the mind to receive. We should have the faith to receive. When we knock, we should know it's going to be open to us. When we what seek, we should know that what definitely we are going to what to find. That takes us to the other components of prayer, which is asking 
thinking and the power of God. Let's turn our Bible to Ephesians 3 verse 20. Can someone turn this Bible to Ephesians 3 verse 20 and read? Okay, I'll read. Now unto him that is able to exceedingly abundantly to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So when you look at Ephesians theory verse 20, what, what is the Bible saying here in order for us to build what an effective prayer life? There is a God that has the ability to do exceedingly above all that we may ask of, be it spiritual needs, be it physical needs, be it material needs, and all that. We come to him by what? By asking and by thinking. And also, according to what? The power that worketh in us. You see, by Joseph always stresses on what? The impartation of what? The Holy Spirit. Because there is a weakness. There is what? A weakness in every man. There is a weakness in every man. That's why the Bible, speaking in Romans, it says that what? We, ought not, we don't know what, how to pray. But the Spirit, what? Interceded, what? On our behalf. That's the weakness in every man. And that's the weakness here. The Bible is also trying to what? To recognize. To recognize. You ask. There's a God that's able to do it. You ask or you think of that need. When you think of that need, according to what? To the power that worketh to what? In you. What is the power? Is the Holy Spirit. Is that same Holy Spirit that helps you to what? To intercede for your what? For your weakness. So, here yeah, in building a fervent prayer life, things must not, must not be anti parallel. Asking and thinking. If the Spirit is already in you. Two things will not be at a parallel. You can't ask and think otherwise. You won't receive. You can't ask and think otherwise. You're not going to receive. For instance now, I'm praying for admission. I say, God, please will give me admission into MIT. I've prayed. But if I go day to day, I'm thinking, ah, I won't get that admission, no. 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 I'm working against the prayer that I've prayed. But because the Bible said that what? That what? That the spirit of man is a candlelight that searches what? The heart of man. So don't think that, oh, the thoughts in your heart is not being registered to God. When you pray concerning a need, you've asked and you're trusting God to receive. Your thoughts must be in line to receive. You get? Most times, persons that have developed spiritual energy over the years, praying, they first of all receive the prayer in their thoughts before the manifestation comes. Oftentimes, you've heard Brother Joseph saying that he's at home. The devil brings thoughts to him that, ah, this thing that you've prayed for, you are not going to receive it. What, you, what most of Brother Joseph said, I've already received it. I rebuke and I bind you. Because when the devil sees that he can't stop the communication, when you've already sent and God has released, between that interval for you to what, have those answers, it comes to attack your thoughts. It comes to what? Attack your thoughts. But when you can keep your thoughts 
in synchronism with the asking, then you receive. Oftentimes, in your in your thought, you know that what this things is already here. But you might not you might not see it physically, but you know that what God has made provisions for this, and you begin to work what in faith with the thoughts you have, prayer what the inspiration of what of the Holy Spirit. So as you move in this, we've been able to build what the basics, we've been able to go what to the life, and we've understand the grace and truth as a believer in building what our prayer life. We also understand that what God is takes delight in listening to our what our communication our prayer request and we also move down to what when we ask god is willing is available to do it then it takes us to what the next dimension which is asking thinking and the spirits because this earlier on we said the word the spirit must be there because we have weakness it is the spirit that helps us in our weakness because we ought not to know how to pray. Yeah, you might have needs, but the pray, but the spirit knows exactly the need. Let me give you. There was a day I was watching a sermon by Apostle Joshua Sema. He went to Kenya. There was one of these conferences he went to preach. So he called by prophecy. He called a woman out and prophesied that the woman has been having issue with giving birth. So, by normal understanding, you would think that you should pray, you should lay hands on the woman and pray on the woman. But by the leading of the Holy Spirit, he said, woman, where is your husband? He called the husband down. He prayed on, for the husband, and there was a ripple effect on the woman. You see where the Holy Spirit and direction came. But by normal, normal if you just meet a, a, a Christian, a believer, and just say, okay, by natural knowledge, you've identified someone by prophecy, but you want to just pray on the person and say, ah, I rebuke uh, the demon that will be holding you down from not having baby, and I cancel those earth challenges, and you let the person go. But the dynamics was changed in that case. He prayed for the man, and the woman had what? A ripple effect. Because you, can, you, you, you could literally see that what the power of the Holy Ghost came on the woman. So that's where the spirit work helps us. So in building an effective prayer life, in asking and in thinking, it must be in synchronism. You can't ask, think otherwise. You can't think otherwise and act in the other direction because it's like it's conflicting each other. You see in physics, when you have anti-parallel vector, let's say five Newton is coming in the direction of, of knots, and there's another five Newton coming in the opposite direction, they will hit like this. And by the law of what? Addition of vectors, 5 nitty, 5 nitty, they cancel out and they become what? Zero. If you ask and you think opposite, it's like you didn't pray. Even our thoughts, God hears us. It's not. And what this also gives us, teaches us to have an effective life is that there are some situations that you can be in. You can't verbalize your prayer. You pray by thoughts. You've heard testimonies of persons being in situation of Boko Haram, and where they place a gun in your head and they ask you not to talk. You've heard testimonies that they will say they prayed inside them by thoughts. Oh God, you get all eternalize the prayer. 
and there was there was an effect something mysterious happened they didn't kill them they were set free so prayer go by what by verbal communication and also by what our thoughts and also one other thing we need to know is that you can't be in a workplace and be thinking otherwise because that which prayer is not just when you go to god because on a normal note the spirit of god dwells in us hmm? and the thoughts that we have is being registered you get just like an archive it's being registered it's like for instance you're working in a in a company any little thing or what you think of ah, hope they will not come and sack me 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 as you keep registering those thoughts and those thoughts and those thoughts and those thoughts there's a way it, it, it works against you and one day that just releasing sack list your name is inside because what you've been registering the thought of of sack of sack of sack of sack inside you so we should try with all cautiousness that when we ask and we will go by our what day-to-day activities we should have our prayers and our thoughts in the positive direction of righteousness in the positive direction of holiness in the positive direction of the finished work of christ the bible says though it may tarry definitely it must come true it is not in your power, neither in your calculation for when the answer is to come. There are some answers that will come five, in five years. There are some answers that will come in three years. There are some answers that will come immediately. God knows the perfect timing. God knows how to sustain you. So you must understand this. Then we have to what? Move further. What helps us build what a Christian, a good prayer life? We have to believe in the name of Jesus. As short as that sentence, in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, together, we have to believe in it. So many persons are Christians today, but they don't believe in that name. They don't believe that when they're in, in crisis, when they call the name of Jesus Christ, deliverance will come. They don't believe that when they're in crisis, when they call the blood of Jesus, deliverance will come. So persons pray not knowing the authority in that name. The Bible speaking in Ephesians, in Philippians, it said that what? The name of Christ has been exalted what? Above every other name, in heaven and in earth, that at the mention of that name, every name shall bow and every tongue shall what? Shall confess. That Jesus Christ is what is Lord. So just in some certain difficult situation, measuring of that name, you don't need to like pray. There are some simple prayers that you can just take in the name of Jesus. I take authority over this sickness, and you believe in that name, the sickness is gone. Because Christ has exalted that name. If you look at the situation of the sons of Skiva. He said, Paul, I what? I know. Jesus Christ, I what? I know. Who are you guys? Okay. Assuming those uh, children of Skivites, hmm? there's another dimension of the explanation I want to give. Assuming they know the authority in the name of Jesus and they are full of grace and truth, the demons would have asked them, Who are you? Because in, in he knows that what they come in the name of what? 
of Christ. The part that I said I know is that in that explanation, Christ has exalted the name of Paul above those demons. You get Christ can exalt you when he begin to pray. Christ can exalt you that you he place you what above what demons. So if this, when those children of givers went there, they didn't they didn't have they were not full of grace, they were not full of truth. But the only thing that they knew that they heard that in the name of Jesus Christ they can what cast out demons, but they didn't know the authority in that name. Let's look at John. 14 13 John chapter 14 verse 13 to 14 John chapter 14 Okay I can read John 14 13 to 14 and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the son may bring glory to the father the son may bring Okay yeah, John 13 to 14. Yeah, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Okay, amen. If you look at John 13 to 14, I will read again. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So John 14, 13, this shows us what the authority in the name of Jesus. That when we are approaching God, we approach what? In the name of Jesus. Some people pray wrongly. You must approach God in the name of Jesus. Because the Bible has made us understand that nobody can go to the Father except through what? The Son. You can say you pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and you didn't go through the name of Jesus. Why? Why is it that there's authority in that name? For the glorification of what? Of God in heaven. For the what? Glorification of what? Of God in heaven. So we must understand that the name of Jesus has authority. The blood of Jesus has authority. At times, there are some certain prayers you don't you don't need to spend hours. You don't need to spend hours. As the Spirit leads you, the Spirit can just lead you and you just say, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over this sickness. The demon cast out. And you walk away. And that demon is what? It's being cast out. You need to understand the authority in the name of Jesus. Then, you have to be what? Led by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 verse 14. Romans 8 verse 14. Romans 8 verse 14 said that for as many are led by the Holy by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. And verse 15 says that, well, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. For us to have what, an effective prayer life, we must move by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Where does the leading of the Holy Spirit come in? 
It's good to pray for needs. It's good to pray for desires. But oftentimes, if you don't move by the leading of the Holy Spirit, some prayers might be needless. Some prayers might be gibberish. That's why for me as a person, I don't encourage people to buy prayer book where prayer points are being listed. I kick against it. Those prayer points might be prayer points revealed to that man of God and he documents it down. But it might not be applicable to the situation that you are in. There's a God that sees the affairs of men and rules over the affairs of men, that sees in spirit and sees in physical. He knows your situation. You need the leading of the Holy Spirit to be able to pick that which God wants you to pray about. I'm not saying that you should not pray for your needs. For instance, you have financial needs. You can go to God to address it. You might be surprised that in the place of prayer, as you begin to tarry five minutes, seven minutes, ten minutes, the Lord might come to you in a still voice or by an audible hearing, pray for brother so-so-and-so. Pray for brother so-so-and-so. You might not know the, the reason why you are praying. It is the leading of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is what gives us what? Direction. He knows the area of need at that particular point in time. It might just be a prayer for another brother that will cause the breakthrough that will bring that financial need. It might just be the prayer for a leader of a, for a, of a country that will what? Cause the breakthrough that will come, that will bless you. It might just be a prayer for someone else that would what? Cause the breakthrough. Because the Bible says that what? When God reveals, he reveals to what? To redeem. God cannot reveal to keep you what? In bondage. God cannot reveal to someone to keep. So the leading of the Holy Spirit is very important. And prayer is a fundamental thing that was taught by Jesus Christ to the disciples. In order to blossom and have an effective life, your prayer life has to grow. If you look at throughout the New Testament, Jesus Christ did not teach the disciples how to heal. He didn't give them formula how to heal. He didn't give them method how to hear the word of knowledge. He didn't give them anything. As much as he taught them the word of God, as much as he taught them the truth, he taught them how to pray. And if you look at the life of John, in the episode of John, he said that what, I was in the spirit. When he was in the spirit, he was catapulted. It was in the spirit he received the message from God. That you see the importance of the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit. This is where, when you begin to pray, most of the messages concerning life, concerning destiny, concerning the nations of this world, concerning your family and all that is being bettered through the Spirit when you begin to pray. As you bet, if, if there's something I, I, I said to a friend of mine, we are two, I said, if you happen to be in a church, if you want to know what happens in that church without you not being in leadership, I said, consistently pray for that church. Just be praying. I say, after two weeks, 
going to the third week, when God sees your consistency, because God is looking for men that are consistent in place of prayer so that he can entrust the, the affairs of what is happening in your hands. I said, you, you will not be in a meeting. The church leadership can be. I said, by the Spirit of God, you begin to receive what they are doing in the secret place. You will know the decisions. You will know the decisions. The, the ones that are not being good, God will be telling you, no, this decision they are about to take will not lead the church in the right direction. Pray for this. You begin to receive what? Messages for the church. You begin to receive what? Messages for your own life. You begin to receive messages for your family. Why is it now we'll go to uh, why is it important that we build an effective prayer life as a believer? God needs a, a medium to visit. For instance, now, God wants to visit this fellowship. He needs a medium. And someone that has consecrated himself in study and in prayers. Then he gives a download. This is the direction I want you guys to go to. In every family, there is a prophet. In every nation, there is a prophet. In every garden of God's children, there is no prophet like you are prophesying, no, you are seeing vision, no. You receive the, 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 the plan and purpose of God for that family. And you begin to legislate it in the place of prayer. Some person. Some families are still in bondage today. It's not because they are not going to a Bible-believing church. Because there's one person that Christ is waiting for, for the person to wake up. When the person wakes up in the place of prayer, you see that what? The life of that family changes. The spiritual dynamics of that family changes. The whole family changes. There are society persons... God is waiting for one brother in one family to marry you into that family. Because he knows that the destiny of that family in, in righteousness is going to be bettered through that sister. Because the sister carries the spirit of God and she has been able to build over years a better prayer life that when she marries into that family, the spiritual dynamic, the Christianity of that family changes. And these realities can only come when we build what an effective what prayer life. There are persons, if we ask them, the next ten years of their life on earth, God has given them the roadmap. They are not surprised at some challenges that come their way now, because they know that it is the training to get to where God wants them to be. That's what the importance of what building what an effective life. In in the previous uh, explanation I was giving, we've talked about the name of Jesus. We've talked about one other thing we need to know is faith and believe. It's faith and what believe. In having faith in praying, you have to what build faith and believe, and this comes in three fold. The faith that we have, the Bible says that what? Yeah. Faith comes by what? By the hearing of the word. I'll quickly explain this before we round up. Faith comes by what? By the hearing of the word. So because when you pray, you have to believe. 
and have no doubt in your mind to receive. You, you hear the word of God in three dimensions. How? One, you hear by going to what? To touch or by listening to a man of God that has been sent to you. You hear the word of God by studying. And the lastly, this is where many persons have challenges. Hearing the word of God by having what? An experiential what? Experience of it. This is where your faith is being built. The substance in your heart that makes you hold on to the word of God, that makes you hold on to the truth, it's at this third level. When you hear, you are being exposed to it. When you read, you receive the revelation. When you go into having what? An experiential knowledge of that word. The faith in your heart is being built up. What do we mean by having what? An experiential knowledge of the word of God is at the place of prayer. Building an effective prayer life. That's where your faith will blossom. That's where your belief in God will blossom. The substance that the Bible talks is when you've received those two things and you, you then will have an experiential knowledge. The Bible speaking in, in Jeremiah, it says, say, call unto me and will show you what? Great and mighty things you know not. The things that God is going to show you is the things that will build up your faith. In the things that will make you hold on to God. That you make that will make you what? Say that what? I'm not living in. I'm not what? Living in. The woman with the issue of blood only said that well, if I can wholly touch the hem of the garment, peradventure, he only heard the wonders of Christ. She didn't pray. She didn't have the experiential knowledge of what? Of God. She only heard what? The wonders. It, it was only hearing that she had. And she had that faith. And she was able to receive. But now, greater than that dimension is in us. You hear, you study, and you walk with that word. That is when you build an effective life. You get, at the beginning of it, it might not look encouraging. You get, at the beginning of it, it might not look what? Encouraging. But as you go far, as you journey into it, it looks rewarding and exciting. Most of the things that have happened in my life has not happened at times by coincidence. I know that it will happen. Before I came to America, I know that I will travel. But at first, I didn't know the country. I will go to, but I knew I would travel. I was in Anabra then, serving in Winners Chapel. And the vision of the night came to me. I was praying, praying concerning my destiny, my life after NYC. And I didn't know. At first, I was thinking, oh, uh, since uh, America is expensive, let me look for somewhere else to go. And God told me, hey, you will travel, but I didn't know. But I was sitting, but when the appropriate time came, God gave me uh, what the right direction, and God made everything smooth and easy. And I kept praying, and I kept praying, and I kept praying, and I kept praying. So one thing we need to know is that when we get to the place of prayer, at the beginning, it does not look interesting. It does not look interesting. But the more you journey into it, it looks sweet. 
so sweet so sweet i'm telling you it looks so sweet because your spiritual senses begins to develop that's where building an effective prayer life becomes so interesting because nothing will happen without you not knowing the bible said that what the king of glory cannot execute successive plans without him not what telling his prophet or his son before god destroyed sodom and gomorrah he had to consult with what with abraham so when you begin to journey into the place of prayer the place of intimacy there's a rub off of god's glory on you there are certain things that will happen in your nation god will reveal it to you there are certain things that will happen in your family god will reveal it to you there are certain things that will happen even in your workplace god will reveal it to you because you've journeyed so far into it it's like you're not sitting inside the mind of god that you can easily interpret the mind the things that are in the mind of god that is that is why it is important to develop an effective what prayer life as a believer after receiving the baptism of the holy spirit after receiving salvation and what study where you gain experience is in the place of prayer the place of prayer is like internship that's where you gain experience if you want to move in the miraculous it's in the place of prayer you gain experience if you want to move in the world of knowledge it's in the place of prayer if you want to be seeing trance and visions it's in the place of prayer if you want to see dreams it's in the place of prayer the nice spiritual gifts where you gain experience is in the place of prayer the bible does not teach you teaches you how to receive word of knowledge it does not teach you how to what to lay hand or this but if you want to know how to deal with demons and all that is in the what in the place of prayer the bible only shows you that what this is the truth study it and receive the revelation gain the experience in the place of prayer as a believer we can take an effective prayer life out of us because that's where you get the experiential knowledge of god that's where God brings the reality of the word of God to you. That's where God brings his creative power to you. That's where you see things more clearer. Yeah, I know at the beginning it might look as if you are weak. But by the time you begin to build that momentum, by the time you begin to build that momentum, Often times you can go pray for a sister. You literally know what is happening. You can literally know when uh what is wrong. I'll share a testimony. Does this I'll share the testimony then I'll round up. There was a lady who went to pray for when I was attending one church. So they, then I was sleeping. I prayed that night and I slept off. At about 12 midnight. I felt a sharp pain. This thing has never happened before. I felt a sharp pain from my head running through my chest, down out. Then I went to pee. I hardly wake up to pee. Then I sat down and I asked a simple question. I said, God, what does this 
thing me. So I've never had a sharpening like this. And the Lord took my mind to the person I'm going to pray for. Exactly what happened to me was the same thing that that woman was suffering from. The woman will suffer a sharp pain from her head running down through her body. They, they went to the hospital here in America. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't see anything. The doctors didn't diagnose like this is whether this tissue is bad or it's migraine headache. They didn't see anything. But the woman will feel a sharp pain from her head down. And to the glory of the Lord, we went as a team. We prayed. Two Sundays from the day we prayed, she came back to the church and gave testimony. That is what, what the place of prayer can do. It brings what a clearer picture of things to you. It brings you to a place of maturity where you can what design. See, you can read book on discernment. A pastor can share his experience of how he grew into discernment. But for you to have that experiential knowledge and be able to design is in the place of prayer. So I will round up that word with this, that it is good as a Christian, having received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, having received salvation, growing in the truth of God, we must try as much as possible to gain the experiential knowledge. Our Christianity life will not be balanced if we don't gain the inspiration knowledge. Stay in the place of prayer. It will not it is like it will be as if you are shortchanging your system. It, you see the situation that happened in 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 Nigeria. They are palliative given to the citizens. The government kept it. Now still at the end, despite the act of breaking into it, eh, is is wrong, but they still shared what they still when the citizens still went to get what the palliative. So you don't want to shortchange yourself. The, the government actually shortchange themselves by giving themselves a bad name and not giving out what that palliative. Also, as a believer, you don't want to shortchange yourself by just stopping in studying the word of God, by just knowing the truth and having the baptism of what the Holy Spirit. But you want to what move further to have what an experiential what knowledge of it and that center point to have that experiential knowledge is your prayer life is the place of intimacy that is when the secret of god is being revealed to you that is when the dynamics of this life is being revealed to you i pray that god bless this word in our hearts amen